The news out of Texas yesterday proves one thing. We reap what we sow. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, all of us, or most of us anyway, are fully aware of what occurred in Texas yesterday. The small community of Uvalde, Texas, experienced a shooting incident at an elementary school, with young students being the victims, along with some teachers. When these stories happen, I am always saddened in these tragedies how they become immediately political, and unnecessarily so. Now, I do believe there is some politics involved, and I'll get to that in a moment. And on Friday, I'm going to be doing a more detailed program about what I call the satanic and demonic influences that are pervasive across the Western world, and in particular, the last bastion of freedom, the United States. And I think we need to spend some time looking at that. Joe Biden was a total disappointment in his response. Yes, I will concede that he had just finished a 17-hour flight back from, from Japan, and he was tired, but he read a script. There's no way he wrote that. He read a script, and it was all political, but that's all that man has ever done for a half century. He has been nothing but a political individual who has sold his soul, sold his office, makes a mockery of his church by believing in abortion. Funny, it's funny how every leftist politician today, tomorrow, and, you know, for the days ahead will all say we need to do something about this killing and this evil. Yet these are the same politicians that celebrate the killing of 60 million children in the womb. They think that's fine. Biden, you can take the sacrament of Holy Communion. And let me tell you something. You may not understand this. I don't think the Roman Catholic Church understands any of this anymore. Some do. But it seems that with the Pope that they have now in Francis, who's a leftist... They won't speak out really about abortion on a political level. They won't call out Joe Biden. They won't call out Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi went and had communion anyway in a different church with a liberal leftist archbishop in charge in Washington, D.C., thumbing her nose. The Bible says you need to discern that this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't, you're taking it unto your own damn nation. Joe and anybody else that thinks they can run to the communion table, partake of that sacrament, and still be pro-abortion. But Bob, what about the guns? What about them? I go back in a time in my life where the schools were never locked. There were no security cameras. There were no resource officers. We didn't need them. Nobody in their right mind would come and shoot people at a school. It just didn't happen. Even in Long Island, outside of New York City, 
the doors were unlocked. The high school I attended in upstate New York, we would have been sitting ducks for anybody that wanted to kill anybody easily. Funny thing, during hunting season, there were a lot of pickup trucks parked in the school parking lot with their rifles in the gun rack. It was a different time. See, over the past 50 years, the left has been pushing the Christian faith and marginalizing it, reinventing it, destroying it. Look at most of today's mainline denominations. They've gone apostate. They've gone crazy. They've gone woke. They have gone antichrist. And we're paying a price for that. I'll address it on Friday. Already have a guest scheduled for tomorrow that I think you'll want to hear. And today, today Jim Calhoun, as he has done for so many times, will share from his heart and mind a program that he had put together, the material just prior to this horrible news that we got yesterday. But as always, what Jim Calhoun has to share, I think is vital for all of our lives. So, Jim, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. And may God empower every word you share. Thanks, Bob. It is truly great to be back on Truth to Ponder this week. And this is kind of a milestone. This is my 40th episode of Truth to Ponder. And it seems like time must fly really fast because it doesn't seem like it could be nearly that many. But I'm really happy that I've helped out Bob Beerman in every way that I can because I truly believe in his mission. I truly believe that God has called him to be where he's at today. And I truly believe that God has put it on my heart to help him in his endeavors. And so while I'm busy here at the ranch and I'm always doing something and it seems like I put in anywhere between 8 and 12 hour days every day and an 8 hour day is kind of a day off and some days I look back and I don't see that I got anything done and I'm not discouraged when that happens because life is a process and so it's just part of the process you have days that are more productive than others no matter how hard you work. But I'm really happy that I'm able to help Bob Bierman out in every way possible because I truly believe that God has his hand all over Bob Bierman and has lit a fire in his soul and he's really put it on Bob's heart to work for the kingdom of God. And so in any way that I can help, I will do so. But anyway, this is my 40th episode and this episode is going to be just a little bit different. And I guess all of my episodes are a little bit different, actually. But this one's going to be maybe a little more different because I'm going to talk about some philosophy. And I'm not trained in any way, shape, or form. I have absolutely no training as a philosopher. I have no background in that except one thing. Back years ago, they used to call the old cowboys that were on the trail drives cowboy philosophers or horseback philosophers. And the reasons these cowboys had all of their philosophy is because they had so many hours alone, so many hours out by themselves on their horse, and it gives you lots of time to think. And you don't have the world's clutter in your head. 
after you get things sorted out in your own life, then it gives you time to think about other things. And that's my school of philosophy. I've spent so many hours by myself out with cows and so many hours by myself out on a tractor that after a while you start contemplating things and thinking them through. And another word that they used to give these guys are sagebrush philosophers. So this show is going to be full of sagebrush philosophy. And where I'm going to start is in the big question, is where are we? Well, we are where God put us, period. I know that you can listen to NASA, and you can listen to all the science fiction writers, and you can listen to the world as the world has tried to get everything to be in line and lockstep with what the powers that be of the world want it to be. But is that truly the way it is? Now, I'm going to start way back in antiquity, back at the dawn of time. Mankind had no concept of anything other than this, that we are the center. We are God's centerpiece. We are one of God's greatest handiworks right here. And the world today will tell you that we're on a spinning ball, wildly spinning and wobbling through space, with everything else wildly spinning, wobbling through space. Somehow, nothing ever really changes. Everything stays perfectly balanced. But we're just this little speck out there that's insignificant. There has to be other intelligent life out there. And of course, it's got to be better than us and more intelligent than us. They never talk about the planet of the slug. No, it's always the planet of the people that have more brains than we have and can squish us like a bug. But let's have a little philosophy here. Do you realize how empowering it is to know that you are living exactly where God put you? You are living on the world that God created and created for you and me and all the rest of mankind. And we were given dominion over all creation. Now, I'm going somewhere with this show today, but I got to piece it together. But I know there's lots of people out there that really believe in extraterrestrial life. They can't prove that it's out there, nor can people disprove that it's not out there. But let's look at what is. What is is that we're on this world. We live on a world that God created. And the world that God created was created for us. Now, when you finally realize that you're living on God's creation, that you're living in a world that God created especially for us, and that it is unique, and that it's not just wildly spinning out through space, that it does have a purpose, that we're not some insignificant third-rate planet, that we are on God's crowning jewel of creation. Now, if you stop and think about that, how empowering is that in your life as opposed to we're an insignificant planet twirling out 
wobbling through space, not knowing where we're going, just flying at incredible speeds as we rotate and orbit and whiz through space with everything else that's orbiting and whizzing and wobbling. It makes it sound like that we're just happen to be here just by chance and that the earth is just nothing but like a grain of sand on the beach. And I really do believe that the ancient people had it correct, that God created this place extremely special. Special among all creation is this world. And when you compare the two between the feeling that you don't know where you're at, that you're spinning through space, that you're on an insignificant planet that's just a grain of sand on the beach, and you're just a grain of sand among the grain of sand as far as people are concerned. Can you see how small that makes you feel? Can you see how detached from God that makes you feel? It makes it feel like you just happened at random, that you have no purpose, that, you're, that there's no reason for you to be here. Now contrast that with the philosophy that God created this special, and this is unique. This place is one of a kind, and it was built for you, and he put you here. Now contrast that with this random spinning, wobbling through space, that you have a loving God that actually made you a home and placed you in that home, as opposed to the other. When you think about that and really let that sink in, you can walk outside, open a door, look at the sky, look at all of your surroundings, and then hopefully you can feel the majesty of this planet and the majesty that God made for you and for me. And a lot of this New World Order thing that they're doing has its roots that go way back centuries. And one of the first things that they had to do was get the people detached from God. And how can you go about that? Well, if you make the people feel like that they're ignorantly stupid because they don't know how things really are, and of course the scientists that told them how things really were, they just believed him because he said to believe him. You have to understand that the early scientists, they knew psychology. They knew how to shape the public opinion. And all of a sudden, the people who were the most admired, which would be the priests and the holy people in a community, were all of a sudden relegated as being the most ignorant people because they didn't know science, that all they did was believe in some spirit in the sky. And what did they know? And the population was flipped centuries ago away from thinking that they were special, put on this world by God. Now think about that. When you look at the ancient Chinese, ancient Egyptians, all of the North American Indians, every culture on earth, before science started really taking over several centuries back, every culture on earth, no matter what God they professed to worship, all could agree on one thing is that this world was built for them by God. On that, they could all agree. And for several centuries, that's been eroded upon until people feel like that they're totally insignificant. 
And if you make people feel like that they have no purpose, that they're just random grains of sand on the beach, it's much easier to control them. It's much easier to fool them. And I'm going to talk about things on the show today that I really do feel that we have been hoodwinked ever since we were born and our parents and our grandparents and and other generations before them have all been lied to. When I realized where I was living, that I wasn't living on this wobbling, spinning ball through space that was just hurtling to nowhere, coming from nowhere and going nowhere, but yet traveling at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour, just flying off into who knows where. When I figured out that that's not where to put the focus, the focus is, is we're here. We are here on this world that God made. And God made a very beautiful world for us. And when you realize that you are part of God's master plan, that he created this world and then he put you in this world, that is extremely empowering. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's anything quite as empowering that's happened in my life as far as spiritual as when I finally realized that I was really part of God's plan because I exist. And I exist because it's his will that I exist. And I exist in a world he built just for me and you and all of mankind. When you can really sink your teeth into that, that is very empowering. If you don't quite understand what I'm saying, think about it. But those that do thoroughly understand what I'm saying, I want you to let that really sink in. I want you to bathe in that like it's a pool of water. I want you to jump in, and I want you to experience the feeling you'll have when you do realize that you are special or you wouldn't be here. And all of this propaganda that we've been fed for generations, that we're just an insignificant third-rate planet around some small third-rate sun, that's all done on purpose. That's philosophy too. I've been watching the sun. I've been watching the moon. I've been watching the horizon. I've been watching things really close. And things are not what they tell us they are. They're just not. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. The Bible calls the moon a luminary, which means that it has its own light. And if you really look at the moon and look at it closely, especially on a full moon, you have to understand that the moon is generating that light. Now, I know that NASA would laugh at that, and so would a lot of people. But you can do a simple experiment with a ball at night. Just take a ball and put it in a dark room and shine a flashlight on it or a searchlight. And you'll see that the ball reflects light all different directions. But you'll see that the ball has a very hot spot in the middle where it really reflects the light. You would call it a glare spot. Now look up the moon. Where's its glare spot? Since it's round, like a ball, it should have a glare spot, but it doesn't. Instead, it looks more like a Chinese lantern. And also, how bright the moon shines 
the surface of the moon would have to be made of glass or water or something very highly reflective and not dirt. Because when's the last time you saw a big pile of dirt reflect light? It just doesn't happen. To me, that's just physics. That's just a small example of how I think that we've had science that has corrupted actual fact and truth. Now, I truly do believe that the moon is a luminary. And the more I tried to disprove that, the more I proved it to myself. So the next time you have a chance just to spend a few minutes looking at the moon, consider it that the light's coming from the moon and not reflected off the moon. And look at it real close. And I think you'll see what I see. The moon glows. It doesn't reflect. And the Bible calls it a luminary. So it's very biblical. And so my observation does line up with the Holy Bible, that it is a luminary. As a matter of fact, most of the ancient cultures knew that it was luminary. And if you look at the symbol that I think is on the Korean flag that has the half black and half white with the white circle and the black circle, what that is is the sun and the moon. It's representing that cycle of day and night. And the sun and the moon are the same size. Well, in reality, the sun and the moon are the same size in the sky. And so none of that's by coincidence. But yet we're told all the science fiction that they want us to feel so small and so insignificant. But God provided us light in the day, and he provided us light at night. A different kind of light, but it's still a light that he provided for us. And so when you look at the wonderfulness of this planet, you can just see in the design how much God loves us. His love is everywhere. His love is in the clouds. His love is in the trees. His love is everywhere. And so if you feel unloved, you just have to open your eyes. God has built this planet with love. The Bible says God is love. And his love is everywhere. His love is in a nice cool breeze on a hot summer day. His love is a nice shady cloud that goes over when it's 100 degrees out. His love is a nice warm wind in early spring that gives you the promise that spring is on its way. God has filled this world with love. And if you don't really believe that, if you have pets, next time you caress your pet and pay attention to your pet, look at the love that comes back to you. God has filled this planet with love, and he gave us the appreciation to experience love and to know love. And that was no accident either. And so I really think that everyone needs to understand that you are loved, that you are special, that God built this world for us special. And God takes care of us. And when you finally get empowered by knowing the fact deep down in your soul that you are living on God's crown jewel of creation, he created it for you and for me. When that finally sinks in, you will be so empowered that nothing 
can stand in your way as far as trying to depress you into thinking that you're small and insignificant and that you're just here to be kicked around. You don't know why you're here. You don't think you have a purpose. You feel like your life has no rudder, that you're just kind of sailing off into oblivion on this wobbling, spinning ball through space. So really what I think that does is ground you spiritually to who you are, where you are, and also why you are. You might say, well, how does that tell me why I'm here? It might not give you the specific reason of why, but God put you here on this world at this time for a reason. So you do have a purpose. You did not come into this world randomly. You came into this world by the design of God. So whether you're a believer or not, doesn't make any difference whether you believe, because God believes. And that's what really counts. God believes. And God set things up the way they are, because God believes, and God knows. And we have to trust Him, that His plan is the perfect plan, because it has to be, because it's God's plan. And you are part of that plan. Whether you know why you're here or not is immaterial. God knows why you're here, and he puts you here for that reason. I think that you shouldn't stress on it or think about it too much. Just leave it in the hands of God and ask God for revelation. Ask God for wisdom and discernment. And have God lay it on your heart, just what he wants you to do. Because God put you here as part of his plan. And I think that's a very wonderful thing. And again, I think that's awful empowering. And when I come back from the other side of this break, I'm going to talk about some subjects that are related to what I just talked about as far as being empowered and living in this world that God created for us. Thank you so much, Jim. And Jim, you're right. We need discernment. We need to be following the leading of our Lord, especially in these very unusual times. As I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I'm going to be addressing some of these societal issues that everybody thinks there's a government cure to fix. It's spiritual bankruptcy. There's some things that I'm learning about the the shooter in Texas, for example, that are very troubling, things the mainstream media will never let you know. I'll also mention that there have been a lot of mass shootings you never hear about because they're, well, it ruins the political narrative. It's amazing they talk about all the shootings. They talk about the one in Texas, but they ignore all the people that die every weekend in Chicago. It's just not politically expedient. This program is not politically correct. It never has been. It never will be. We will tell you the truth and let you discern for yourself. Seek out God and his wisdom in your life. We're coming into some very difficult times, and I'll be addressing that like I say, later this week and and pretty much most of next week. If you believe in our ministry, would you consider helping us remain on shortwave radio? It's important. If you can help us financially, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to 5753 Highway 85 North, 
number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536. That's zip code 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Through the logos from Philo. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In the beginning of the book of John, it's written, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and all things were made through him, and apart from him, nothing was made that was made. Now, the Greek word for word is logos. Now, most Jewish people reading this would think it's strange or not Jewish, but amazing thing. In the first century, there was a Jewish man named Philo Judaeus, very famous philosopher, Jewish. As far as we know, he never heard the gospel. Yet, look what he writes in his commentary on Genesis 2.62 on the creation. He writes, no mortal thing could have been formed on the similitude of the supreme father of the universe, except after the pattern of the second deity, who is the Logos. Amazing thing. Here's a Jewish man speaking about the Logos, same word John uses of Messiah, and Philo describes the Logos as being distinct from the Father, yet deity, God, and writes that nothing could be formed into existence except through the Logos. Even in his ignorance of the gospel, he's bearing witness of a truth of the gospel, amazing thing, an amazing echo of the truth of the gospel, which says that all things came into existence through the Logos, and so forth can only be redeemed by the Logos. We don't realize how awesome this is. See, our very existence, your very existence is came through his existence and is redeemed only through his existence. So you want life. The only way we can have life is to learn how to live our life in his life. Learn to move in his moving, act in his acting, rejoice in his joy, love in his loving. See, life is not so much about living with him, but living through him. For through him, we came into existence and only by living through him can we come to life. Want more? Ask for Jehovah of Nazareth. Now, what if I offered you a million dollars? Well, something better than a million dollars. Something to help give you a strong, victorious life in God. A free subscription to Sapphires and the mystery of the temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this easy free? Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. To receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the harvest is great. The labors are few. I invite you to join me in the harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open heart and a pen. And you can reach the unreached peoples of the world. How? Well, listen, through shortwave radio, it's the farthest way you can blanket the planet with salvation. It's amazing. There'll be nothing like this. It's so incredible. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Come alive in the Logos. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Davar Elohim, the Word, Logos of God. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. I really appreciate you tuning in. And I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And again, I really do enjoy filling in for Bob Bierman and I really enjoy helping him out. 
and for all of those that listened to last week's show, I did hit the save button. So, all is good. And I got my garden replanted, and I'm really happy about that. And everything looks good. And so all systems are go here, for right now anyway. Well, the first part of the show was all about sagebrush philosophy. And the second half of the show is going to be about the same thing. But I'm going to change the direction a little bit. But it's still going to be related. Because when you think of this planet, God made this planet, and he made it for you, and he made you. And we're supposed to be here, or we wouldn't be here. So another simple question is, so why do we have to pay to be on this planet? Think about that. This is our home. This is our natural home. The dirt under our feet, the air we breathe, the food we eat, was all provided by God. But we're the only ones in God's creation that actually have to pay to be here. And I know that animals have to pay in a sort of a way by enduring hardships as far as having to really work hard to get their food and so forth. But as far as having a structure of you have to pay to be on where you were born really doesn't make any sense. So you have to look at it in the big picture. And the big picture is is that many, many generations ago, way back in antiquity, a group of people figured out that if they could be strong enough and have enough force, as in an army or have enough strength, physical strength, whatever it took to subjugate people, they could group people into groups and then charge them to actually live. Now, when you think about that, that's an ingenious way to extort money out of people. But it's the exact same thing as charging someone for the air they breathe which I'm sure that they've considered that too. But what gives one person the right to say that he has these resources to himself and you have to pay for it? And when you look at this whole global warming climate change hoax that has a lot of people up in arms, when you look at it and look at it close, what right does one group have to say that their idea of how the planet should be managed is the correct way to do it. Who gave them the keys to the world? Who put them in charge? We have a very small group of people that have an awful lot of money that are buying their way into controlling everything. But by what right do they have to even charge us to live here? Honestly, when you look at Genesis and God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and he told them that all that they saw out there of every tree they could eat, all but the one, and he gave mankind dominion over all the animals. And so God not only made this world for us, he gave us all the resources for us to continue living here. He didn't say for $29.95 a week, or $100 a month, you can stay here? No. He said, of this, you can freely eat of. And this world has been 
I would say, organized into such a way that mankind has lost something very special. I, I'm having trouble finding the words that I want to use. We've lost our way. That's not exactly what I want to say, but it'll work. Because you have, for example, two plants, plant A and plant B. Plant A and plant B are similar. They might be from the same family. They might taste the same. They might almost even look the same. But one is cultivated and the other one isn't. So all of a sudden, the one that's cultivated is what would be considered human food. And the one that isn't, it's considered a weed. And through the centuries, the easier things to grow and the easier things to store and the easier things to market have become people food. And everything else, all the other thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of edible plants on this world have been relegated into, they're just weeds. And so you have to pay to eat. And they have it to where... If you ask people what kind of what kind of greens and vegetables do people eat, they'll mention beans and corn. And in the cereal grains, they'll mention rice and wheat. And they might mention pumpkins and squash and spinach and kale and onions and rhubarb. And, you know, there's a lot of things that they'll mention. But most people will stall out at about 15 or 20 items. They'll start really getting fuzzy about anything else they can even think about because most people stay pretty well close within the foods they know they really like. When in reality, there are millions of plants out there that are edible. And God put those here for us to eat. So I go back to my question, why do we have to pay to live on this planet? God has got his own economy. Bob Behrman has shown me that. Matter of fact, I've been using that term, God's economy, ever since he told me about that, and he's right. There is a God's economy. Absolutely. God built this world, and he also built an economy. And God's economy really has nothing in common with the economy built by mankind. And so if we can tap into God's economy, then we're going to be shielded from the crash that's inevitable. I've been watching the news, and I've been reading all sorts of financial reports. And the news that I watch is not mainstream news. I do not watch those, I do not watch those people. It's nothing but propaganda. I go to more reliable sources for my news. And the things that are happening in the financial world right now are pretty scary. If you have lots of money invested or you have lots of stocks and things, you might have to ride out a pretty good storm. It looks like the housing bubble is about to be burst again like it was in 2008. And also, they want to lock everybody down before midterms. And it seems that last year in March of 2021, they had a simulated exercise of how to handle a monkeypox outbreak in May of 2022. Coincidence? Not on your life. That was war-gamed. The people that are trying to take over the planet 
are trying to destroy as many people as they can. And they want to have everything done their way. And they're going to do it through disease and pestilence. All of this is in the works. It's all being planned, and these people are carrying out their plans. Now, as I record this show, there's just been a case of monkeypox suspected in New York City. And there's 12 suspected in Quebec. And, of course, there's some in Spain and some in England and other places in Europe. But if they've unleashed another bioweapon against us, which I suspect they have, but now all of a sudden we have monkeypox breaking out. And, of course, they say monkeypox is very rare. Well, if it's very rare, why is it breaking out everywhere? Well, put two and two together. It's having some help breaking out everywhere. And these evil people have got to be stopped. And I don't know how to stop them. I want to stay peaceful. But these people aren't peaceful. They're trying to kill us. It's obvious that they want us all dead. So while our side says stay peaceful, their side is killing us. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with that in my head. I'm still thinking about that. But I do know that violence is not the answer. But complying is definitely not the answer either. But I'm going to get back to God's economy. God has already given us an outlet. He's given us a safe haven away from man's economy and man's messing everything up. God is perfect. He made a perfect world. And mankind makes it imperfect. But when you hear a story about a financial collapse or a pandemic or something evil happening in the world, all you have to do is go outside and look and see the breeze blowing and the sun coming up and setting the way it normally does. And the leaves are on the trees now. And everything is according to the way God built it. And you have to understand that things are going awful as far as in the human part of this world. But in what God created, it's business as usual. So while we might have a housing crisis or a food crisis or inflation running wild, in God's economy, it's still the way God made it. In God's world, everything is still perking right along. And so we have to start focusing on being in this world, but not of this world. And I know that Bob Bierman touched on that just a few episodes ago, that we live in this world, but we shouldn't be of the world. And right now, I think it's the perfect time for everyone to basically jump ship and get out of the world, get into God's economy, get into God's word, we're living in the age of grace, so take advantage of the grace of God and understand that he built an economy unto itself, and his economy is a natural economy. It's an economy that works no matter what we do. You just have to tap into it, and it's there. Now, since it's food foraging time, I've been talking about foraging for food quite a bit, not only on this show, but also on my own show. But I think it's ironic. That literally, if I wanted to spend the day harvesting all the plants that are edible just in my barnyard in the surrounding area, which is no more than an acre, 
if I would just spend my day doing nothing but foraging plants, I could probably come up with anywhere between 25 and 100 pounds a day of natural food. That would be every day while it's in harvest season, which is another three or four weeks. Then other plants become ripe and ready for harvesting. So basically, in the middle part of the United States, from the middle of March to the middle of September, God has provided groups of edible plants that come in waves. And so literally, every day, if someone, that's all they did was go out and forage, you could probably get 25 to 100 pounds of food every day between the middle of March and middle of September. You can feed an awful lot of people with that. And so there's no reason to have bare pantries. There's no reason. And I have a friend whose mother used to forage inside a city. And they used to put foraged food in their diet. And what's really something about this foraged food is the vast majority of people have no clue that it's even there. I could literally graze. As I walk from my house to my workshop, I could literally graze all the way and have plants that are full of vitamin A and vitamin C and plants that have some really nice mineral content and that taste real good. And instead of going to the house and getting a snack, literally all I got to do is bend over. Is because I understand what God put on this planet for us to eat. And also I've identified it and I've spent some time doing so. But that's part of God's economy. You see, God did not charge us to live on this planet. Mankind charges us to live here. Now, we can get into a discussion of whether that's feasible or whether that's ethical. That's not where I want to go. Where I want to go with this part of the show is God's economy. God provides, and that is just the truth. God does provide. And God provides us with answers if we have ears to hear. And he provides us with all sorts of things if we have eyes to see. We have to understand that sometimes we need to be still and let God be God and let him guide us. And once you start tapping into God's economy and you start feeling it, then you'll start seeing it more. And I would say the best entry place onto getting onto God's economy is foraging for the food that God gave Adam and Eve because it's still there. God gave Adam and Eve this food and permission to have it and said that it was theirs. They could freely eat it. And mankind has come along and says, well, you can eat it if you pay for it. And so the small little group of plants that mankind has cultivated and has turned into a commodity and turned into something you have to pay for, maybe you need to check out of that world a little bit. I'm not saying don't eat any corn or beans or things like that. I'm not saying that at all. But if every other meal is foraged plants, you've just doubled your food supply. You had to pay for it by your labor, but you didn't have to pay for it with money. And doing the labor to harvest these foods actually makes you healthier. It gets you out in the sun and out in the fresh air, and it actually makes you do some physical work that you might shed a few pounds. 
and you get your blood circulating a little bit better. And of course, your back might hurt a little bit and you might be a little sore and stove up, but it's worth it because after a while, your body will get used to the extra little work you're doing. And it's like going to a gym and getting a workout. And then instead of paying them the fee to be in their gym, you're reaping the benefits of the health, not only of the work and the labor you're putting in that gives you exercise, you're reaping the benefits of the food you're gathering that is much more healthy than what you can buy in a store. So it's a win-win all the way. So if you have to pay for it with an aching muscle now and again, I think it's worth it. So that's where you need to start with God's economy is right there. And another thing people need to do more than they do, and I'm talking to myself too, is we need to trust in God much more than we do. Because everything right now is pointing to a very evil decade that we're seeing some changes in mankind as far as the way they want to govern us and the way we're being treated like basically like serfs it's like we're going to a new we're going into a new feudal system where we have our feudal lords like this evil bill gates and all the igor type stooges like illegitimate joe biden who is nothing but he's nothing but an oaf and i mean that in the truest sense of the word we have all these people that are trying to set up this surveillance and they're trying to set up all this digital id and they want to give us a universal income they want to know every move we make and they want to experiment on us and they're they want to treat us like a herd of cows is what they want to do but on the other side of that you have god's economy and you have what god has provided and let's never forget god is in the business of miracles I am a walking miracle. I should not even be alive. And being alive, I should be a quadriplegic. And I'm alive, and I can move freely. Now, I I move with lots of pain sometimes, but I can move freely. And I can get my work done. And in my case, the more work I do, the better I feel. It's when I sit down, I get real stove up, and it takes me a while to get going again. But I'm a walking miracle. And I've met hundreds of people who are walking miracles, people that were spared by God. Now, I ask for a long time, God, why did you spare me? And I didn't feel like I got an answer, but I was patient. And I finally did get my answer that God wants me to help people. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help people. Now, I know some people won't get a lot from my messages. I do understand that. Because God will put the right people that have the ears to hear in front of the speaker of the radio or through their headphones, God will put the right people to hear my voice to tell them what he wants me to tell them. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for this week's show, and it really came across to me really hard that I was supposed to talk about God's economy, and I was supposed to talk about the deceptions that we have been taught for generations and how the people need to understand that God did make this world very, very special. And all of mankind, everyone in antiquity understood that. It was only after mankind 
wanted to replace God because God was something that they could not overcome. You could overthrow a government, but you can't overthrow a God unless you can warp the population's mind into thinking there is no God or that God is dead or God does not care. Or that, yes, maybe God made him, but he made other better things other places, and you're just nothing but just a throwaway experiment. Or you're just this throwaway, insignificant thing on a third-rate planet. When you understand how connected all of this is, how these people have done everything in their power to replace God and to try to confuse you as to who you are, Now, there's several movies about royalty, princes and princesses, and so forth, that were hidden as infants, and they didn't know who they were. And later in the movie, they find out that, yes, they're indeed heir to the throne, and they find out who they are. And all throughout the movie, you have the villains of the movie that are trying to keep these people from ever finding out their heritage. Well, I'm here to tell you today. We have a whole group of people that's been around for generations who are doing their best to try to hide your heritage from you. They're trying to hide who you are from you. They're trying to hide where you live and how special it is and how special you have to be just by the mere fact that you exist in this very special, wonderful place. Yes, the world is an absolute spectacular, wonderful place. And you're part of it. You are part of God's creation. And the powers that be do not want you to realize that because they don't want you to have that power to know that you are just as special as they are. Because the people who are oppressing us, they were put here not to oppress us, I don't believe, but they're part of God's creation too, or they wouldn't be here. Only these people know that they're part of God's creation. They may not acknowledge it, but they know that if they can keep you from knowing, that they could come in and warp things and they can corrupt things. And so these people are, I would say that they're under the control of Satan and they're very corrupt and they have fallen, just like Satan and his angels have fallen. These people are fallen as well. But I think they know enough that they have to keep us from knowing. And so they do everything in their power to ridicule anyone like me who says that the world is a special place, whereas science right now says the world is nothing but an insignificant wobbling ball hurtling through space. And I say it's not. I say that it's the crowning jewel, the centerpiece of God's creation, and we're part of it. And it's my wish that everyone could grasp just that if they learned anything from this episode. If you can grasp that and live in that, then you are going to be much healthier mentally, physically, and spiritually, because that does something to you. It empowers you. And I hope that this episode has empowered you to get into God's economy. I hope I've opened a few eyes and opened a few minds. And I really do appreciate coming on to this show and helping Bob Bierman out. And if you would like to help Bob Bierman and Truth to Ponder with the donation, It would be greatly appreciated. You can send in a check or money order. You would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 
And the address is 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Clearview, one word, Clearview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. Again, 32536. I really appreciate you tuning in this week. And it seems like these 40 episodes have really happened fast. And I appreciate all of the loyal listeners to Truth to Ponder. And I want to tell everybody until next time, stay safe. Think about what I said. Think about how special you are. Stay well. Keep your powder dry. But most of all, replace fear with faith. And once again, thank you so much, Jim, for helping me out today and congratulations on your 40th your 40th episode here on truth to ponder i can't believe myself it has been that many and for my audience each episode has been better than the one before so once again thank you jim if you want to get a hold of jim just get a hold of me bob at truth the number two ponder.com bob at truth the number two ponder.com as i've mentioned on friday i plan to address some of these very vital issues that are well consuming the headlines and i want to tear apart the politics away from it and i want to expose i want to expose to you the very satanic and demonic nature of much of what we're seeing in our world today there seems to be times that the demonic realm gets to declare some victories. And the church has been just weak and, and unresponsive, literally dead. And so I'm going to address those issues on Friday. And I hope that you'll listen. Have a special guest tomorrow, Dr. William Wong. A lot of you have appreciated his insight. And so he will be my guest tomorrow. And we, we're, we're going to cover a lot of topics. If you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us stay on shortwave radio? If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, number, that's our special box, 3248, Crestview is the city, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two. Ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.